Let's pray. God, we praise you and um, we thank you, Lord, for your love that endures forever. And so, Lord, will you, will you come now and will you woo us again with your love? Will you draw our hearts um, close to you today, God? Will you come with your kindness, Lord? And um, God, know that we, we come drawing our hearts closer to you, scooting our chairs in a little closer and um, giving ear to your spirit this morning. So come, Holy Spirit, speak to us and enliven our hearts by your word to us today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I am afraid, I become a burrowing creature. I burrow down to make myself a small, quiet, dark space where I can be safe, um, away from the elements, the snow, away from disruptions, away from people, away from costly challenges and changes. Down, I burrow down. Dig my heels in, stay put, hunker down. Mm. You'll notice our theme and story on this Transfiguration Sunday brings us to quite the opposite place. Up, up, up. Up to the heights. The mountaintop where Jesus was transfigured, where he was transformed, shining with the brightness of God's glory, joined by Moses and by Elijah, while Peter, James, and John looked on in awe and sleepiness. I don't know. Look at Luke chapter 9. They got a little sleepy. And then an encounter. A cloud comes and overshadows them, and they were all terrified as they entered the cloud. They entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. Here's one mountaintop experience that we hear about this encounter. Later, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, our scripture reading for today, describes Moses' encounter with God on the mountain, a different mountain. And he tells the church in Corinth how things are different now because of the sending of God's spirit. Paul says that now, whenever we turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there we are face to face, face to face. We recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And we can draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, as our faces are shining with the brightness of his face. And the message says it like this, And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. And I think to myself, I'd like to be transfigured in my burrow. Please and thank you. Way down here. Down here in my burrow. And I imagine God smiling with a knowing smile and nodding with a knowing knowing nod. For surely God meets us all where we are. 
borough or mountaintop or wherever in between. But we all know that he does not leave us there. For we are not designed for fearful burrowing. I am not designed for fearful burrowing. Nor are you. We are designed to stand tall, hearts open, heads engaged. We are designed to ascend the heights boldly, freely, full of hope. Oh yes, we are to be changed. We are to be shaped more and more into the likeness of Jesus. One degree of glory to another. Whatever that means, I don't exactly know, but I like the sound of it. <laughs> Author of the book Lost in Wonder, Esther DeWall, writes of change and of the journey of following Jesus in this way. This is an inward journey of love, the love of Christ. If Christ is the end of the journey, he is equally the impulse towards the journey, the support on the journey. As we journey with Christ, saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to his good way, we can anticipate that it will involve change and that he will be with us. We can anticipate that it will entail leaving behind old certainties for new movement. Throughout scripture, throughout the whole story of scripture, when people have encounters with God, when God reveals himself to them, it has this way of breaking biblical people open, of breaking people open, of rearranging what they think they know for sure, so that there is room for more divine movement in their lives. Barbara Brown Taylor explains. I like that, rearranging. It reminds me of like the rearranging of furniture or something. Things just get like moved around. That's hopeful to me, room for movement. That when God encounters us, when we encounter God, that he, he breaks in and is moving things. Places of rigidity and old certainties are shed as God makes room in us. As God opens us up to see, to listen, and to respond to the Spirit of God in, in the now, in this present moment. For wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Right there. Right here, where the Spirit of the Lord is. That's where the freedom is, not in holding tightly to the past automatic ways of thinking and behaving, of believing and feeling, nor in attaching ourselves to our own plans and ideas for the future, nor in burrowing down, down, in fear and in shame. Instead, we're on an inward journey of encounter with the living God, of discovering Jesus' love alive in us by the power of the Spirit today. As we follow Jesus, he helps us let go. He helps us rearrange what we think we know for sure, helps us free up more room in our hearts to love God and to love our neighbor. And as we follow Jesus, he helps us to release our grip and our grasp on the, our need for power and control, on our need for safety and security, 
on our need for affection and affirmation. He helps us to trust him, to believe that it's true when he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy, carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me, let me teach you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus helps us to trust him, to believe that's true when he says it to us. This openness to change, to trust Jesus' work within, to follow Jesus on the journey is risky and necessary if we want to, as Esther DeWall also writes, it's risky and necessary to be open to change if we want to prevent the stifling of freedom which a closed mind brings or the stifling of freedom which a shut-up heart brings. What a pity it would be to go through life half-hearted, closed-minded, certain. That is not freedom. That is not faith. To follow on Jesus' good way is not easy. It's difficult and demanding. And the promise of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is that there will be change, and the change will come in us. It is coming in us. Our lives becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and moves and rearranges, and we become more like him. And in turn, our communities and wherever we place our feet become brighter and more beautiful as we stand up and as we show up. DeWall writes, our hearts will grow and expand and swell. God is at work in us, enlarging our hearts until they are overflowing with the inexpressible delight of love. The love of God, which is beyond words and beyond description. At our Maker's Morning um, yesterday, Connie and Missy and I were talking about swing choir, show choir, magicals, mag magicals? magicals, yeah, we were talking about that, singing groups that we were in back in the, in the high school days, and I had this song pop in my head this morning from my show choir days, I think it goes to this, that God is at work enlarging our hearts with the in inexpressible delight of love, how this is not only for us, but on behalf of our um, communities. And I just think you got to like sway a little. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now and then I think I do like a little spin out spin back in is love <laughs> sweet love no not just for some but for everyone do 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 goes on I think that's true what the world needs now is some love sweet love not just for some not just for some but for everyone Yes, we are to be changed. We are to be changed by the love of God. Not just some of us, all of us. And I mean that in terms of like, not just those of us in this room, but all of us. And I mean that for us as, as, 
as individuals, not just some of us in our being, but all of us is to be changed, is to be transformed by the love of God. We are to be changed. God means to change us. And sometimes I find on this journey with Jesus that it's like being on this switchback trail, going up a mountain, and I'm thinking, have I been here before? Because it seems familiar. And, well, no, I haven't been here exactly before. And yes, I have been here before, just like a few yards up. That's what it kind of feels like. (laughs) Oh, I think I have seen this rock before. For example, this is one example on my trail up the mountain. God and I come back again to this same conversation, which I imagine in my head. Um, God says, hmm, remember, remember that this body that I made of yours, or that the, this body of yours that I made you as, <laughs> do you remember that? That's good. I made it really good. Worth honoring. Worth taking care of. And then I sigh and take a deep breath. And then I risk telling God about my embodiment-related insecurities. You know, I think we all have embodiment-related insecurities, one form or another. God listens to me as I tell him. And he knows. And then maybe I feel just a little more understood. Maybe just a little... um, able to be a little more kind to myself, a little less desirous to eat my feelings with chips and salsa, maybe a little. So I do my morning holy yoga yoga with Christine on YouTube, and I tell myself, no burrowing today, Laura, because I'm designed to stand tall, Heart open, head engaged, mindful of my breathing. And we walk on, God and I. Because I know and trust that God is committed to my transformation, I know and I trust that God is committed to my transformation. I too am committed to this journey of transformation and a willingness to change. I know that God is committed to me, and I am committed to this journey of transformation also. Co-author of the book, The Road Back to You, and Enneagram teacher, Suzanne Stabile, she teaches, and she says this, your soul is your business, and God's, but not only God's. And by soul, I'm thinking like whole body, you know? It's all of it. You know, we're not separated out. Your soul is your business and God's, but not only God's. A freed soul can take new steps towards spiritual and personal formation. If it's going to grow, you and I must accept responsibility to develop it. Hmm. So this is a two-way street. We're like walking with God. Not doing it all on our own, not pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. Do not hear me say, try harder, try harder, try harder. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, as we acknowledge God first coming and initiating this transforming work in us, we, we are called to respond to it. We are called to take responsibility, too, for our transformation. 
with God. We walk with God in that. Are you accepting responsibility for the growth and development of your soul these days? Are you remembering that this is good and valuable work? What does that look like for you personally? Is it drawing? Is it walking? Is it a psalm a day? Is it Sabbath? Is it silence? Is it solitude? And what does that look like as part of this faith community? What are the rhythms that we're engaged in here at Abbey Way together that nurture your life in Christ, your love of God, and your love of neighbor? Because we're meant to help one another, too. It's why we have these, these rhythms and practices at Abbey Way, so that we can do this good work, taking responsibility for this transformative walk with Christ, that we can do that together. Do you need encouragement? Ideas? Do you need some help? Have you checked in with God about this lately? I just want to say it's time to check in today. And we just begin where we are, and we trust that God meets us where we are. And as we turn toward this season of Lent that is coming before us, this is a chance to draw near to our Lord Jesus, to listen intently today, today, and if we hear his voice, we don't harden our hearts. This is an opportunity as we enter into this new season, as we, as we walk with Jesus in his journey towards the cross, this is an opportunity to renew our intention to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And we can, it just can begin by saying yes once again. Don't have to have a whole plan. I'm not trying to say like it has to look a certain way. But it's coming to Jesus and saying yes once again. I am willing to be changed, God. And we trust his love for us and the transformation that comes slowly, invisibly, secretly, beautifully. We are to be changed, and this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's a gift to us that he changes us. To close, I just want to share with you a couple um, couple of thoughts of, from people who have gone before. One is from Emily Griffin, who has written the book on prayer called Clinging, and the second is a poem by St. Gregory of Nyssa. Did I say that right? Yeah. And it just kind of flows together, so I invite you just to listen and um, see if there's anything that stands out to you as we close this time today. At the Heights, this is how he speaks not only to Moses and the prophets, but to us. He asks us to cut loose, to be his, to be unbound, attached to nothing but heaven and him. He asks us to unravel everything that unbinds us, everything that holds us in the here and now, to come as we are now, without a change of clothing, without looking back, on a way from which there is no turning back, 
a strange and unconsoling path along a hidden and unglamorous way. And so by prayer, we gain the heights. We are not yet at the summit, nowhere near. The valley we have come from is long ago lost in the fog, and the path has turned so often that there is no chance of turning back. We cannot see a foot ahead or behind, and the figure on the path ahead, just glimpsed now and then, seems to be carrying a cross. Our feet hurt just a little. The brambles seem to come from nowhere, and they scratch, most unpredictably. But for some odd reason, we are smiling. We are not just roaming, poking around, exploring. Not at all. This course we are on is worth pursuing because it has a meaning, because God has set the way, the course for us. However little we can see the purpose, we know we are on the way. And so after she has risen, the word again says, rise. And after she has come, he says, come. One who has thus risen never lacks the opportunity to rise further. And run, one who is running towards the Lord never reaches the end of space available for the divine race. We should always be rising. And those whom the race is bringing close to the goal should never stop. Each time the word says rise and come, he gives the power to ascend to still loftier heights. <laughs>